Welcome to Huntland. If you'd like to stay up to date on hunting tactics, land management, land values, and land market dynamics, this is a podcast for you. I'm your host, Joe Baya, here with my co-host, Clint Flowers. And Clint, it has been a uh, been a rough week for the folks in, in South Alabama. Did you guys do okay through the storm? Yeah, we lost a lot of trees. We didn't have any major damage, so we came out a lot better than folks further south of us. Yeah, I know. Our, definitely our hearts go out to those folks down in the coastal areas that were affected. And uh, cleanup's no fun, but you know, everybody sounds like for the most part, everybody stayed safe. That's the biggest thing. And, uh, we can rebuild all that stuff. Those folks down there are used to it and just move forward. I, uh, I did see that you got to get out and do a little dove hunting with your little buddy. How, how'd that hunt go? Good. It was, um, right off the Mobile river. Uh, it was a good afternoon. The wind was blowing hard. So the, the birds were coming in fast and furious when they came. So it was a, a challenging hunt, but one we re- we really enjoyed. Yeah, I finally got a couple of cold fronts pushed down, and uh, boy, it felt good to feel a little bit of that uh, thinner air and uh, a little cooler temperatures, and hopefully that'll keep pushing some some birds our way. I sure would like to have one of those uh, early falls that we never seem to get, but it's that time of year, you know, uh, hunting season is is here. Deer hunting season is just right around the corner. It's just the time that, as Southerners, we all love, and it's just going to be a, a lot of fun to get out in the woods this year. Folks, this week's show, we're going to be talking about land market dynamics, specifically land lot loans for rural residences. There has been a ton of interest in this uh, just in the last six months. I mean, it's always something that people dream of to have that country home, uh, that rural residence, but boy, has it been an uptick in interest in that ever since coronavirus hit. Have Have you seen the same thing in your market? Yeah. And, you know, rural home and country home means different things to different people. And, you know, it doesn't always mean you have to be an hour away from town. You know, sometimes it can be just outside the city limits. And sometimes even within the city limits. So we're going to talk about that a little bit today. Uh, But before we get there, this week's show is brought to you by Bay County Armory. If you're looking to build an AR-10 or AR-15, be sure to check out Bay County Armory. BCA builds firearms that suit your individual needs. They're built for the task you're going to tackle, whether that's hunting, defense, or something else altogether. Bay County Armory, purpose-built AR-10s and AR-15s. They'll guide you in designing the firearm of your dreams. Check them out at baycountyarmory.com or give them a call at 850-832-2238. All right, let's get into today's show. Uh, man, you know, we were talking just a minute ago, Clint, that it's a rural home is not always what you think it is. And I think it's really important to understand the differences and what's possible. Because I know certainly the people that I'm seeing in the market right now, and, and really just at all times, don't understand all the products and all the possibilities that are out there. So to do that this week, we're going to be talking with Travis Jordan of Alabama Ag Credit. Travis, how's it going over there, man? Did y'all get washed away with all that rain? I tell you what, I you know I appreciate you guys having me on. We we fared really well. Even our row croppers, I think, would say that we got a little bit more water than we wanted, but ultimately not as bad as they predicted, and the wind wasn't as bad. So I think most all my row croppers that I've talked to have just said that it's fared better than we anticipated. So the yields on corn and cotton are strong, and they need a good year. So we were thankful they've been able to hold on to that. So 
I was in Atmore, uh, Alabama over the weekend and looking at a lot of standing crops and, and it really did seem like it was minimal damage from what I could tell. Seemed like cotton took the worst of it that I could see, but even that didn't didn't look that bad. So uh, hopefully those guys are, are going to still have a, a strong crop this year. One of the things that I have seen a big uptick in, especially as it's related to the coronavirus, the current political landscape with a lot of civil unrest in the, in the urban centers, is we have a very, very active market for people who are looking to buy that country home or build that country home. They've been thinking about it for years, but they've just never made the leap to get out of the city. And now they're starting to see some things that are really making them think, man, I need to get out into the country. I need to get to a more self-sustaining lifestyle. And they're looking to pick up anywhere from five acres on up to 25 acres. I'm seeing a huge demand for that right now. You know, you guys do a lot of lending for smaller acreages on up to thousands of acres. But let's talk today a little bit about the products you've got for that buyer, that person who's trying to build that country home. What can you guys do for them that's maybe different from, say, your standard bank? I would agree with you, Joe. It has been a really interesting market. You know, I've been in Alabama Ag for about eight years now, and rural home sites have always been a big part of our office, the Montgomery office and several of our other offices, but especially during the, since March, you know, we got a little slowdown there initially, but it has been really kind of amazing how many people are really in that market. It's ramped up. I can't remember a summer where we've been as busy as we have been this past summer. Uh, And a lot of it can be contributed back to, you know, consumers looking to to move out and find their own piece of the country and and find get some elbow room and and enjoy life in that way so you've hit it on the head it's really been a hot commodity um i think the biggest problem and clint would probably agree it's finding um the supply has been you know limited um so it's also probably a good time to list you know those kind of properties too if you if you've been holding on to it but we do a lot of those type financing. There's a lot of reasons why we provide maybe a little bit different, uh, a very competitive product in the market. It is what we do. You know, I tell my customers all the time, uh, we're not like your t- typical bank that's trying to be everything to everybody. We kind of stay in a few lanes. And because of that, I think we do a better job. You know, rural home sites and rural homes, which we may talk about if we have time, really is one of the things that we do the most of. Um, so for people that are looking to buy, it doesn't matter the the size necessary, necessarily. So it could be as little as one acre up to, as you mentioned, um, I think I closed one earlier this year that was four or 5,000 acres. So it really, the sizes is not so much important as long as it is outside the city limits. I saw our parameter and the population size kind of matters too. anything less than 2,500 people. So in my area, the Montgomery area, for instance, if you live in Matthews, Alabama, the population size less than 2,500 people. So even though it may be in the city limits or the town limits, we can still offer financing for those kind of tracks. And what makes us different, a few things that kind of make us different, we we offer 85% loan to value. What that means is we can provide up to 85% of the purchase price or the appraised value. Most institutions that offer land financing typically are going to be somewhere between 65 and 75%. So 
that's a huge factor, as you can imagine, trying to come up with that much cash to buy a piece of property can be um, problematic for most. So our loan to value is a little less and we have our own appraiser shop. So our appraisers do all of our appraisal work. And because of that, our fee is uh, very inexpensive. It's $200. And then we tend to kind of encourage our borrowers when they're buying a home site. And again, we would classify that anywhere from an acre to 20 acres when you're buying a home site to try to stay on a maybe a shorter amortization than you probably typically would think you would want. Most people's tendency is to do maybe the 30-year AM amortization to stretch that payment out as far, but we tend to try to, to steer them into like a 15-year product. And the reason for that is when they go to buy the house or go to build their house, right, they've built up some more equity by paying down the principal faster. And it allows them to, when that time comes to build their house, they need less money down to uh, for the construction loan. So we love that part of the products we offer because we get to educate the consumer and talk through that process because quite frankly, it can be very cumbersome uh, for people that don't do it every day. So, and I think that's an expertise that we get to bring to the table that you may not find just any, anywhere you go. You know, it's interesting uh, you bring up about you know, trying to pay that land down faster as they get prepared to build a home. Let's say that that period from the day they buy the bare land to the day that they build their home is two, three, four years down the line. And that property value has appreciated. Is that home reassessed or excuse me, that land reassessed just before that construction takes place to capture that equity that's been generated through appreciation? Yeah, absolutely. It's a great question. It is. What will happen at the beginning of your construction loan is the the lending institution, whether it's us or a different bank, will get a new appraisal and any appreciation you've had in your land will be assessed and will go towards the equity needed to to construct the the home. So um, the principal you're paying down each month when you make your monthly payment and the appreciation in your land, you know, both of those things are going to help soften the, the burden of the down payment requirement when you when you build your house. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And if folks are thinking about like what we're seeing, another reason we're seeing more demand right now and more activity right now is that, you know, the stock market has had an, an incredible rally. We're back up to the to the level we were at, you know, pre-COVID. And a lot of folks are trying to recognize those profits in the stock market and put them into something more stable that has less volatility like land. So, you know, with the right plan, you can buy land right now. And when you're ready to build that home in a lot of scenarios, if you've put enough down and had enough appreciation, you may not even need to make a down payment for the construction, I would imagine. Yep. That's very accurate. That is a, a possibility. And, and the good part is along the way, even most of my guys, right, and y'all probably see this too, most of the guys that buy these rural home sites, if they are going to wait two or three years before they build their house, they'll build a little pole barn out there or, you know, fence in the property or do land improvements along the way, right, kind of prepping for that day that they get ready to build the house. All those land improvements factor in too with the appraisal. So it's not just appreciation in the market that you see from the land, it's appreciation in anything, any kind of land improvements you've made. So there's a lot of factors that go into that that um, could help you when it comes time to coming up with that down payment. And the other thing that we offer to kind of help with that is most banks will not accept other property as collateral. So for instance, 
if you're looking to buy 20 acres, but you already own 10 acres that you inherited or um, 10 acres that you bought, hoping to do something else with, we could use that as additional collateral to avoid the needed 15% equity position. Um, so that's another way to kind of soften that, that too. We Believe it or not, there's a lot of people that are in that position where they use other property they own to kind of get equity out to avoid the down payment. So you can pledge that instead and without having to liquidate it. That's right. That's something that I've seen utilized a lot with you guys. And it's something that you don't, you don't see available at, at many institutions without having to do a full-blown equity line or something like that as opposed to just a pledge. That's right. That's a good point, Clint, is there's no additional cost when you do it that way. You know, if you went and borrowed money on that particular property somewhere else, in addition to our loan, you'd have additional closing costs. But in that scenario, you just have the same closing cost. Travis, does that apply to residential properties or can it only be done land for land? No, it can uh, residential as well. Our only requirement is that whatever collateral is pledged in addition to what is purchased, it just has to be rural. We couldn't take an acre in a subdivision in the middle of a metropolitan area, but if you had a house or a piece of land out in a rural area, we could certainly use it as your additional collateral. Yeah, like I'm, I'm going through this right now with a with a property that we've got under contract, and the current landowner he's he lives out of state and he wants to buy a a property that is adjoining his property, and so he's selling this land that he's got and. And he's hoping that he can get the land sold and get the other one bought. And in this scenario, he, he really didn't need to go through that. He could have gotten the loan based on the property that he owned, secured the other piece of land, and, and then made the sale. And that's just something I don't, I don't think most people are aware of, that that possibility is even out there. That's right. We talked a little bit about getting ready for that construction loan. And, and you were talking about making those improvements. One of the things I hear often uh, especially from people just entering the market is, well, I'm going to buy that land. I'm going to cut every tree I can. And then I'm going <laughs> to, you know, and then I'm going to have that money to do this, that, and the other. So talk to me a little bit about if a guy goes in and he buys a piece of land and it's got timber on it, if he wants to take that timber off, what's going to happen? Yeah. So in it, in each situation is a little different. So that's a, that question can be a little, I'm probably going to be a little bit more vague on answering that question. The reality is if you bought five acres and you went in there and cut the timber to get it ready to build your house, we really are not so much interested in that, right? Where the highest and best use of that property is a home site. And essentially by clearing the timber, what you've done is cleared it to prepare it potentially to put it in grass or whatever the case may be. Maybe you want to run horses. But to make um, it more valuable, I mean, you're, you're going to make improvements that are going to make it worth more than it was when it just had trees on it. That's right. So the difference would be if you bought, you know, 200 acres, it's a true timber track and you went in there and clear cut the timber. We'd certainly want to be on the front end of that and have some discussions about it because we may or may not require some principal reduction depending on uh, where you are in your loan. But what I tell my borrowers is if you own a 200 acre track and you want to go in there and clear five acres to put a pole barn or a shop, we're, we completely understand that and are good with that and don't really need to have any discussion about it. It's really when you've changed the value of the collateral in a negative way, we want to have some discussion. Yeah. I mean, we closed a deal with you guys, I think it funded Tuesday where we set up, uh, we helped assist with an advanced timber sale 
with advance came in as closing, acted as part of the down payment, going to go towards some improvements too, which affected the LTV to some extent. But the fact that, you know, you guys worked with the buyer to let that happen, uh, and we were able to set them up with the timber buyer to get it to happen to start with, and then have the bank cooperate in that process was something that you don't see a lot of, and mainly because most of them don't know how to navigate that. So it's it was a win-win for everybody. Yep. And I think Clint, that brings up a good point in the sense that when you do cut the timber or you sell a piece of property or whatever the case may be, and you reduce the balance on the note, we have a lot of flexibility in re-amortizing that remaining debt um, to lower your payment. So just this morning, I had a conversation with a good customer. They're selling a piece of the property that they pledged to buy this very scenario. They bought a little house and some land and pledged 14 acres they had owned already. And now they're selling the 14 acres and they're going to apply uh, a good portion of those proceeds to the loan and pay down the principal. And then we'll turn around and if they wish, uh, re-amortize it to positively impact, lower their payment. And the good part about all that is that we make it so easy for the borrower. It's no new credit workup, nothing like that. They just one or two little small documents they do and it's off to the races. So we've got a lot of flexibility on the back end. Again, Clint, as you alluded to, that maybe most institutions are not familiar or comfortable with to help the client along. So, so Travis, we talked a little bit about, you know, what we call them land lot loans or rural land loans where you guys are offering pretty much fixed rates and terms that people are used to, 15-year 20-year amortizations. What about the construction loan side? So if somebody's wanting to buy land now, but build later, what do they need to understand about the construction loan process? I think our lenders do a really good job of kind of educating people, even when they're buying just a rural lot loan and and not necessarily in the market to to get a construction loan to kind of walk them through some of the parameters on the, about how that goes. Cause it, it can be hard for some consumers to really understand all the complexities of it. But the reality is that the gist of it, if you're buying a lot loan or a piece of property, a rural piece of property with the intention of getting a construction loan at some point in the future, it's good to have a discussion about what that looks like with your lender to make sure you're educated and know how, that's going to work. So for instance, you can't go to any bank in town and get a construction loan on what we would call maybe a barn dominium, which is just, you know, the living quarters and maybe a barn connected or metal buildings have been really, you know, hot lately. They've gotten a lot of upward trends and they do, you can do so much now with metal that it's really become popular. You know, those kind of homes, Um, are different and they're not normal and they're not really your traditional banks not going to be willing to finance, especially in a traditional mortgage, those kind of structures. So what we found in the marketplace, we're one of the few places that will really cater to people that are looking to build a home that doesn't, is not the cookie cutter type home that you would find in your traditional neighborhood. And then homes greater than 15 or 20 acres, again, doesn't typically fit in your traditional mortgage market. So in those scenarios, we really are one of your best options, but for a few different reasons, one of the main reasons, and Clint, you guys can attest to this, but we're not limited to the same um, restrictions when it comes to finding comparables um, in a certain small radius of where that property is. Um, So when our appraiser goes to do the property, if he has to go to the next town over, or maybe even the next county over to find that barn dominium that sits on 
30 acres, you know, he can go pull a comp to support that, the cost of that construction. So that's a huge difference maker for us when it comes to those kind of home construction projects. But there's a lot of nuances that would be smart for people to have those kind of conversations on the front end. Yeah, there's a big difference between comparable sales and area sales, and it's being able to reach out, A, to understand that, and then B, be able to reach out to other areas that have true comps as opposed to trying to, you know, force a round peg in a square hole within a 10 mile radius of the subject property is, is a nice feature that you guys are able to do that, you know, a lot of banks either don't do or, or can do and won't just because they don't understand it. So Travis, when it comes to the construction process, uh, a lot of your residential banks have a vetting process for builders and contractors uh, before they can begin. And a lot of them have approved approved vendors they've worked with before uh, in that local market. Do you guys do the same thing there at Alabama Ad Credit? Can somebody just build with anybody they want or do they have to vet that builder with you guys? Our really only parameter is that they're a licensed builder in the state. And we'll go out there and check to make sure that the builder is in good standing and licensed. But really, and, and you know, we've been doing it long enough in this in our office that we have a pretty good idea um, of the, we've had a relationship with most of the builders and know them, know how they operate. So as it comes to vetting, that's really the only parameter. Travis, I want to take you back to something you said earlier in the show. And uh, we were talking about how, how much more equity you build up using a 15 year term over 30. And for someone who's looking to build in the future, how important that equity becomes, you know, paying that down, say over a five year period. But on a 15-year loan versus a 30-year loan, the interest payment difference, say over those first five years, is drastic. So why would you guys push and want people to be in that 15-year product when you're going to make less interest over that period of time? That's a really good question. And it's for us, because we are, you know, we're built different. We're an association. We're not just about making the next dollar. Um, we really I think we do a really good job of trying to educate our clients. And so part of that education is, and we get this 90% of the time when we have people that want to call and discuss about um, financing a rural home site, you know, when we talk through the, the different options and compare the 15 year option to a 30 year option, you can imagine that the natural reaction is, well, I just want the lowest payment and understandably so. What we often find is when we show them the payment difference between a 15-year and a 30-year, it's really not all that significant typically, mostly because what you're paying in that 30-year option is a lot of interest, right? So you're cutting out a lot of interest, as you indicated earlier, to the bank. So a lot more of your payment is going to principal. So we usually have kind of two moments in that conversation that the, cons the, the borrower really kind of lights up. One they find that their payment difference in a 15 and a 30 is just not all that significant. And then two, when I show them, if you make payments on this loan for five years, your principal balance at the end of your five years on a 15 year mortgage is drastically different than what your principal balance would be on your 30 year mortgage after five years. And again, it goes back to each payment you're making, more of it is going to principal on that shorter amortization. So they really like that aspect. They really like when you break it down that way and they see, man, my money's working harder for me, right? And then the second part of that is the amount of interest, again, that you're paying back to Alabama Ag. 
although that maybe that's detrimental to us, it's good for the borrower and it positions them better um, in the long run uh, to be ready to build. Well, and I think too, like what you're saying, it's important to think about this, not just on that one loan, because if a person is buying that land with the intention of building that home later, they're going to need to save up cash to put a down payment on. If they're doing a 30 year amortization and they wait five years to build or two years to build or whatever it is, they're probably not going to have built up a significant amount of equity, not significant enough to fully fund the down payment on the construction of that home. So they're going to need to be saving cash at the same time over that same period to then be able to build that home. So it's, it's like a forced savings account in preparation for building that home as well. That's right. We have the mindset at Alabama Ag that we want to help people along the way. And we're there to kind of consult and give some um, some ideas and, and thoughts to that process. And that's for all people that are looking to buy rural property. As I mentioned earlier, some of those distinct properties are people that are looking to build barn dominiums or something that's different. But it's not just limited to those kind of properties. Uh, we have a lot of customers that are buying, you know, 10 acre lots in a developed uh, per se neighborhood that are, you know, got curbs. And so it's, if as long as it's rural, even if it's in a neighborhood, you know, it's something that we could probably help with. And as I tell my consumers, it's always a free phone call, right? So it doesn't cost you anything to call one of us and just chat and have a five minute discussion. And it could, it could save you a lot of money and, and save you a lot of time too. So, well, we talked about the importance of understanding how, 15 years, 20 years, 30 years amortizations work, especially for those people that are entering the market thinking about building that country home. What are the rates doing right now? I mean, that's one reason we're seeing so much activity is that historically they're really low. What are you guys seeing, say, you know, for the 15 year term and on up from there right now? Yes, yeah, so every borrower is different and it all depends on the, on the, a lot to do with the borrower. But as you mentioned, the rates are historically low. Um, you know, we kind of saw a spike in rates um, right pre-COVID. Um, the market was doing well. The economy was doing well. And what we found with COVID is just uncertainty. And with uncertainty, kind of the Fed has come back in and helped push rates back down lower again. So we've, we've all enjoyed the fruits of that. Just once again, historically low rates. So on like a 15-year land loan, 3.75. And I think this is a good opportunity to kind of distinguish a few things that make us different. Once again, if you go to a traditional bank, you're going to get a, you know, you're going to get what's called an arm product or a balloon where the rates only maybe fixed for the first five years, five or seven years. And at the end of that five or seven year period, well, you have to get a new loan, right? So a new closing, new closing cost. And what I tell people right now is even those that have the intention of building within that five-year period, right? The cost of a five-year rate, because we offer that as well, the cost in a five-year rate and a fixed for the whole 15 years is not that different. The, as we call it, using some banking terminology, the yield curve is so flat between short-term money and long-term money, really the borrower is not having to pay much of a premium premium at all to go ahead and lock it in for the 15 years, which is a huge benefit in my mind for the borrower because they don't have any interest rate risk. They're not wondering what is my rate going to do if I don't get this home built and a new loan to take out my land loan. Um, there's no thought in that. So 
to give you an idea of that difference, again, a 15-year rate fixed for the whole 15-year would be around 375. On a five-year, 15-year amortization, you're probably only going to save a little more than a quarter of a point. Um, so to go ahead and fix it and take the interest rate risk out of the out of the game, it's not going to cost the borrower a whole lot of money. So, um, and then on a on a twenty year, again because of that interest, the interest rate curve is so flat. You know, rates are really in that low four, four to four and a quarter range. So not a big difference. So it's just a great time, as you alluded to, the to take advantage of a really low rate environment and kind of a flat yield curve across the whole spectrum. And you guys also do a a patronage. Has there been a, how long have you, how many years since consecutively have y'all done a patronage and that's going to lower your cost of borrowing? What does that typically come out at? How does that affect the cost of borrowing? You know, I like to joke, not everybody's looking for their banker, right? They make the loan and then after they make the loan, they're okay if they never see the banker again, right? Not always brings good things, but there is one time every year where everybody's excited um, to hear from or get something from the bank. And that's um, in the spring each year we pay out, as you just mentioned, the, our patronage. So patronage, because we are a co-op, because we pay back a good portion of our money that we've earned for the year back to our borrowers. In December of each year, our board will get together. So they're prepping for that now. They'll decide, you know, based on how much money we've made as an association, we'll pay back a certain portion of that back to our borrowers. I'm pretty confident that we've paid that at least 15 years in a row, if not more now, 15 years consecutively, we've paid a patronage. And for the last uh, eight to 10 years, if it's averaged real close to almost 1%, somewhere between 0.9 and 1%. So usually I explain that up front to my borrowers, but almost inevitably they always forget it. And then about the springtime, they'll get a check in the mail. Um, and a lot of time it equates to about one month's payment and they'll get a check in the mail and they're like, Travis, why are you guys sending me this money? At- <laughs> you won't get that question from me. <laughs> yeah. I just got- cash it and, may- and hope you don't call. They kind of look at it like the old Monopoly game where they get a bank error in their favor. But this is in, you know, intentional. We redistribute that income back. And so on $100,000, if we pay back, you know, right at 1%, that's $1,000 they would they would have gotten back and it's all driven based on their average loan balance. So it really is a great program. I would just, because maybe I'm a banker and fairly frugal, the way I look at it is if my, the rate on my home site loan is three set 3.75 and Alabama ag pays me 1% back effectively that year, my interest cost was 2.75 and that's pretty cheap money. Yeah. So it really is a, another significant distinguishing factor in the products that we provide. Well, Travis, from everything I've read, it does not look like interest rates are going to go anywhere anytime soon. That could change, of course. Are you guys seeing anything different on the ag side, on the you know on the farm credit side? Do you see anything pointing towards an increase or or even further decrease? Maybe say in the next six months. I wish I could be a accurate rate predictor. Although I will tell you that I think if you talk to most experts in the market, most people are very comfortable in kind of anticipating that rates are just going to be stagnant for a while. And, and the reason I think there's a lot of comfort in how we, in that thought, is I go back to pre-COVID, rates were rising, the economy was doing really well. And although the economy is doing, 
I think most people would argue the economy is still doing well. Uh, there's still a lot of uncertainty in the market, political unrest. Um, we've got the election. We've got the virus. You know, there's just a lot of uncertainty. And because there's a lot of uncertainty, the feds have been very proactive in trying to maintain a low rate environment to help stimulate the economy. And I think we would all agree there's not a lot that we can anticipate changing in the next short term that's really going to provide, take away a lot of that uncertainty. So I just don't envision um, the rate market changing very dramatically anytime soon. So although I wouldn't sit on my hands very long if I'm in the market to find something, I do think you have a little bit of time to do that because um, we never know when this rate market's going to turn. And when it does, you know, when we saw this last spike uh, last year and the first part of this year, it was a pretty good, strong, gradual change month over month. So although it wasn't overnight, and I don't think we'll see anything overnight, we did see rates progress higher um, pretty quickly. So, Well, you alluded to it earlier. You know, you said you wouldn't sit on your hands. Right now, supply in the market is, is down. And if you are thinking about getting into rural land, I definitely would be ready to act if you find that place that you're looking for. You mentioned earlier, it's always a free phone call. If folks want to get up with you uh, or anyone at Alabama Ag Credit and get pre-approved, which I can't say that enough, go ahead and get your approval taken care of before you make an offer on a property if you're planning to use financing. How can they reach out to you in Montgomery? And then where could they go to find their local agent? Because you have agents all over Alabama. So where could they go to find their local office? I don't think you can emphasize enough the importance of having that preliminary discussion with your banker. It, it will take away a lot of confusion down the road and can save everybody a lot of headache. And it's just can be an, a free informative phone call. And our office, again, here in Montgomery, you can reach us at 334-270-8686. Um, we have a really great staff here in our office. Um, we've got three lenders and our branch manager, Ben Elliott. Um, I think each one of us strive to provide, you know, good service to our customers. And then if you want to find a different location, we do have locations all over the southern part of the state. You can re you can go on our website, probably the best place to go, www.alabamaagcredit.com. And very well done website and um, easy to navigate. It's got a lot of information on there. Would love for you to visit that website or just reach out to a lender and we can kind of walk you through what the steps are. Well, Travis, we've sure enjoyed getting up to speed on really understanding, you know, these landlot loans for rural residences and, and getting a, uh, a land loan rate update from you. We're going to look forward to talking to you again soon and talking to Alabama Ag Credit again soon. Hope you can get out there and enjoy some of this hunting season coming up and we'll be looking forward to it. Hope you can stay safe. Absolutely. I appreciate you and Clint allowing me to be a part of it. I've enjoyed it. It's been good. Thanks, buddy. So Clint, you know, what I heard there is that rates are really low. Nobody really knows if they're going to stay low, but one thing is they can't get a whole heck of a lot lower, can they? I mean, at this point, you're almost getting free money if you factor in inflation. You know, anything like that that's applicable. And I mean, even the, when the last drop we had, it wasn't significant. I mean, it, it dropped a few basis points, but not many, you know, and it's not a matter of if they're going to go up, it's a matter of when, and then right. what's going to contribute to that. And, 
you know, so that that's the real opportunity risk in here for both buyers and sellers. Cause you know, as a buyer right now, your money, your borrowed money will go further than it would last year or a few years ago. And as a seller, that means you've got more money out there competing for your property. So it's, this is really an opportunity market. You know, everybody wants to know if it's a seller's market or a buyer's market. And in my opinion, it's both, you know, for those reasons. So Clint, you know, a lot of people have already got their food plots in the ground here in the South. Uh, a lot of folks are, you know, going to be doing that here in the next month. And one of the things that we see is a lot of folks that are selling recreational type properties are, they're going to wait till the end of the season to, to list their property. And they want to get that last hunting season uh, out of it before they, they put it on the market. Do you see any problem in doing that? I mean, for folks that are, they know they're going to sell, uh, what would you be doing right now? You know, I'd, I'd be doing my best to get the curb appeal up. So if there's, you know, little projects and hangnails that, that need to be done before it comes to market, I'd focus on that. And, you know, there's nothing wrong with enjoying I mean, the last season, but, you know, in the right way. But if you don't price it right when you put it to market, you might get another season out of it too. So, it's, you know, we've, we've talked a lot about pricing correctly. So, you know, I would be not only getting the tasks done out there that need to be done, but also be focusing on proper valuation and pricing as well. There's no doubt if, if you want to spend less time on the market, uh, proper valuation is important. Proper pricing is important. And just because we are in a very active market and people are, are looking and, and there's a lot of transactions happening, happening quickly in a lot of cases, doesn't mean that people are going to just, you know, show up with a bag of cash and, and pay you anything you want for your property. You got to get price right. There's no doubt about that. Well, I just hope that folks are, are hearing these things. And if they're thinking about getting into the market that uh, is spurring them to get up and, and take some action, because man, if you're planning on using financing, there's just never, never been a better time really uh, with regards to that. But, uh, but folks, that is going to wrap it up this week for hunting land. We appreciate you guys listening in and we want to hear from you. If you want to see us cover a topic that we hadn't covered yet, definitely reach out to us at pros at landhunting.com and take a minute to please drop us a review on iTunes or wherever you're listening to this podcast. And lastly, if you want us to email you the podcast each week, it's really easy to join our email list. You can go over to greatdaysoutdoors.com slash land to join our weekly email, and we will send you the new podcast as soon as it is available. Folks, y'all stay safe out there on your land, and we'll talk to you again next week. This week's Hunt and Land podcast has been brought to you by Bay County Armory. Building an AR-10 or AR-15 can be a daunting task. Don't let the feeling of overwhelm stop you from having the exact AR you want. Give Bay County Armory a call at 850-832-2238 or check them out online at baycountyarmory.com. And also, the Alabama Ag Credit, as the local experts in rural real estate financing, they can help you with everything from homes and land to tractors and crops, because sometimes natural resources need financial resources, and while some lenders don't get it, they do. Learn more by visiting alabamaagcredit.com. And also brought to you by Joe Bai and Clint Flowers, members of the top producing team at National Land Realty, the fastest growing and most innovative land brokerage in the nation. With hunting season right around the corner and interest rates at historic lows, now is a great time to buy or sell land. If you want to learn more, shoot us an email at pros at landhunting.com or call us at 855-NLR-LAND. And also 
Wildlife Management Solutions. The experts at Wildlife Management Solutions can guide you on selecting the best forage for your soils and goals. So give them a call at 877-400-8089 or check out their website with more information and a full dealer list at productsforwildlifemanagement.com. 